Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. Hope you're doing well. My guest today is Dan Ma. Yep, he's back. Dan was previously on the podcast back in June 2019, which was episode number 48. Um, go back and check that out sometime. It was awesome to hang out with Dan again. Heaps has happened in the almost five years since we last talked. Um, we caught up a couple of days before he had to report back to Judy for the Australian Idol House Band. Um, Dan's a marvellous guitarist and producer, and he's just a great human. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. This is episode 145. Dan Ma returns. Here we go. I think we're rolling. Dan Ma. Ah, oh, Stevie. What's good? Ah, oh, everything's good, man. Welcome back, brother. Thank you very much for having me, man. It's good to see so you again. So last time, so this, yeah, this is your second appearance, and last time was episode number 48 on the 21st of June, 2019. Wow, man, so much has happened since then. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I was listening back to that episode last night, and there's a point, there's a point in there getting towards the end we're, we're just sort of rounding it off, and you actually say, man, we should do this again in five years. No, really? Li- literally, yeah. Oh, no way. And I'm like, oh, fuck. It's fucking five, <laughs> five, five years. Five years. <laughs> that, that was, a, that was yeah. like a, a premonition. I'm the Nostradamus <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, wow. and then after that was like, yeah, and then we'll do a part three when I'm but, old. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wild, man. I forgot that I, I said that. Yeah, well, man. How, how apt that we're here five years later. I, I know, I know. Wow, and you kept that as a surprise too to, to yeah, say on here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so, you know, obviously people that want to hear um, dance uh, – What's the word? The, the retrospective and you know how it all mm. sort of began for you. Go back and listen to that one because we're not going to do that yeah, one today. Yeah. We've done it. No one so, wants to hear that. Anyway. No, no, they do. <laughs> no, no, they do. Trust me, you do. And and some of the stuff that we'll talk about today might sort of bounce off, bounce back, bounce back off that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's there, people. Num- episode number forty-eight. So and I'll link that in the in the show notes. In the first third of the. Gig pod life, uh, sorry, the Gig Life <laughs> podcast's history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, man. man. It's good, cool, man. Good to be so, back um, here and, and to see what you built with it. It's really, yeah, really, really thanks, cool. Thanks, brother. So we're, we're currently sitting in music studio number three at the uh, Wentworth Point Community Centre Library. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sentence you never thought you'd say. That's right. Life, that's right. And, um, <laughs> yeah, this is cool, man. So so I've, I've done – I did an interview with Marina De Silva okay. years and years ago – was about 2019 as well, I think, at the Bondi Junction Library. Oh, there you go. In something similar to this. So this is the second time I've sort of done something like this. And how do you? How does it uh, compare to like out in like a cafe or a, a public space where there's like background noise? Obviously, there's less. Obviously, there's no noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, private. So I, yeah, but what I what I've found too is like when when I've done the interviews and there's been heaps of noise mm. it's slightly distracting at the time and, and then I'm thinking to myself well I'll, I'll be able to fix that in post put a noise filter through there yeah. or you know or be able to sort of um gate when I when I'm not talking gate myself my microphone and you know that sort of thing bounce levels up and down yeah but once I get back get to the to post-production and start listening back it can hardly hear it 
that speaks to the quality of these mics. The directional bro. mics, man. Yeah. Shout out to to Road. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by Road and 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 Zoom and um these custom made the Gig Life podcast power banks. No, no, no. This is a sticker, right? Like, yeah, I've just that's my first set of merch I've ever. I love it, man. I've ever. Yeah, and you you you're the first recipient of a Gig oh, Life podcast. It's sticker. gone right on my case as soon as I get home. Bro. So I want that front and center on Idol. Done. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm done, joking. Done, man. I'll put it right on my on my yeah. Kemper. Yeah, <laughs> right in the right in the camera view. No, I want it on the guitar. On I mean, the guitar, yeah, oh, man. man. Actually, yeah. on the scratch player. Yeah, there you go. Ah, yeah. Done. Um, you you were also saying like this uh, community center. Um, you were saying previously your your partner and yourself use these rooms, rent these rooms out for different things. Yeah. So there's there's um. So my like my partner does all kinds of artist services, including artist development, uh, you know, video production, um, music video production. Sorry, and uh, so there's a recording studio here, like a control room, and then there's a live room there as well. And you, the two are connected, so there's okay. a big TV monitor in both rooms that you can kind of see, and the audio is fed through one room into the other. Um, but what we'll do is we'll like work with like uh, developing artists. And I'll work with them sort of on the audio side in the in the control room, and then after a couple of hours there, they'll go into the live room with with Chrissy, and yeah, and they'll work on their like stagecraft, their you know, um, yeah, their performance, and and basically just develop you know media prep and all that kind of thing um, to sort of give them a, a well rounded sort of insight into what it sort of takes to to make it in the business. That's um, great, man. Yeah, it's good to good to be doing that with young people as well who they're still, you know, malleable in the sense yeah. that they're, they're soaking up information and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that's something that we do here a lot because the, the facility is actually just really good for it. Yep. Um, yeah, so we do that a lot. Yep. Yeah, went with Point, um, like me and the family, we, we've walked around here a little bit and also, you know, down the front of the, down the, what do you call it, the, the River Cat track all the way down into Homebush and the back of... Um, What's the name of the park there with the slides and the? That, that's that's Homebush. Homebush, yeah, yeah. Park, park isn't it? It's Olympic. Wentworth, oh, no, no, no. Wentworth Park. Oh, I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, down down by the river there, like right. on the river. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we we quite often we'll we'll do that walk or we'll do the um. There's like a an old Gunners Barracks. We'll do that oh, walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah so is that we, where the sunken ship? Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, next time you're in the area, let me know and we'll yeah, we'll grab do a coffee. Yeah, we'll do, man. awesome. <laughs> Now um, that you know where the, the finest coffee is. Yeah, for sure. This is nice. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, funny that first episode that we did, you rocked up to my house with a McDonald's coffee. That's right. I do remember, remember? that. Yeah. And it was shit. And every time you drank out of it, your face cringed. Oh, uh, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've come around to, to Mac. I feel like either Macca's coffee has gotten better since then or I've just lowered my yeah, coffee yeah, standards. It's lowered <laughs> coffee standards, yeah. Uh, and it's tricky for me with coffee because I, I drink black coffee. Mm. A lot of people obviously get their flavors from the types of milk and that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, but black coffee's black coffee, man. You're only going to get anything. <laughs> whatever beans they put in there. You know? Exactly. If it's yeah. burned, it's burned. There's no covering that up. That, you that's know? right. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to that. So, another thing, one of the first questions I asked in the last episode, too, which I'm going to ask again. Mm-hmm. What's the day in the life of Dan Ma in 2024, in, in January 2024? Oh, God, that's weird to hear. In 2024. Cause, wow. Because I said, I said that question, but it was in 2000, May 2019. Yeah. yeah, so lots yeah. changed. Um, man, a day in the life is similar but not at all the same anymore. Like I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like I've 
kind of grown up a lot since then, especially in terms of like just how I approach uh, music and how I approach like life and creating balance that like if you'd asked me in May 2019, which you did, like that guy back then had zero balance in his life at all. Um, and I feel yeah, you like were just these opportunities were coming at you and you were just like yes, taking yes, them yes, and yes, then yes. reflecting and it, yeah, no like, time to sort of yeah, sort of sit back. and No, exactly. I was just like sort of running myself into the ground a little bit, not in, not in a bad way, but I was just like just exhausted all the time, you yeah. know, doing a thousand gigs a week and saying, no, saying no to nothing. Saying no to nothing. If yeah. I could physically be there, I would be there, you yeah. know. And, um, and I'm still all for that, you know, but uh, I think that's an important part of developing um, as a musician, especially trying to get your career off the ground and stuff like that. But, but these days I'm a little more like selective in what I want to do, not because – like I'm above anything or anything like no, that. It's yeah. it's more just like I kind of only want to give my time and attention to projects that I'm sort of passionate about and the payoff doesn't necessarily have to be like financial or whatever but like I find I, I just don't really want to be out there doing the gig pig thing as much these days. Maybe it's just because I'm a little bit older or, yep. or just like at this point in my career and especially on the other side of COVID and, and all of that, like I've just realised that the amount of times I was driving home from, you know, you know, three, four set acoustic slog gigs and I was just so disheartened and I was just like, I don't, don't know if that was worth the 300 bucks, you know, like yep. of how, how disheartened I felt by the whole thing. And obviously those gigs are great and they have their place and I'm like I've done thousands of them, you know. Um, but I'm just at a point now where I kind of just want to be focusing and directing my attention on like actually, yeah, like building something you know so like focusing more on like music production and music direction and and actually doing gigs where like I'm being fulfilled more than just financially you know like things that I'm actually excited and passionate about so yeah so as far as the day in the life of me uh goes I'm sort of just yeah I'm doing a lot of different things a lot of music production working with a lot of artists and still doing the tv thing which I love and that's like been a big chunk of my my career for the last since just before we met really yeah like maybe the year before we met yep and uh that's still something that I really love doing um but apart from like the day-to-day out there gigging every night kind of thing I'm sort of more yeah picky and choosy these days yeah but yeah so uh yeah at this time in January so you're um well people watching tv as of today so today's date is the 31st of January Mm -hmm. and Last night, is that right? Was night before. Night so before 29. was the first episode of season 20, 24 of Australian Idol. Mm-hmm, correct. Right. And as of this Sunday, that's when you start. So, yeah. we. I mean, we not, start. Maybe, maybe not. You probably started before. That's. But, I mean, you're, this is when it starts getting. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we moved to set on um, on Sunday, but I don't think it actually airs. Like our first band episode doesn't air until the 18th of Feb, I don't think. But we've, we start moving in and rehearsing and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and doing our, our, you know, on-set preparations and stuff like that. So, yep. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of getting crunch time now. I'm in the process of learning a million a million songs for that and programming all my sounds and going through that whole rigmarole. Um, so the programming of sounds then. So are you um, – so to find the sounds that you're going to program, do you need to have a fair idea of the songs that you're going to be playing? Yeah. I mean I, sort of most of the songs are going to be kind of sound-alike things. It's more like if, you know, say we get 
you know, a list of 30 songs, 20 of them probably have guitar parts on them already. 10 of them might not. They might just be production-heavy things or keys-based things without guitar. Um, if, it, if for the 20 that do have clear parts and clear sounds, it's pretty much sound-alike. You try and match the sounds as close as you can. And for the for the remaining 10, you kind of just come up with a, a cool sound and a part that fits the, the track. Yep. Um, you know, the, the music director, Dorian West, will tell you if, if you know, he wants something played a different way. But until until you hear something from him, pretty much you just have free reign to do your own thing with that. And this show is more along the lines of adding things to it rather than taking things away. I've done shows before where there's like a, you know, the show is more inclined to strip things back than to add more to it where this is the kind of the opposite. We want to make it as big and cinematic as possible. So, yeah. So as far as like programming sounds, I I try to just match the sounds exactly as I hear them on the recording. And then if the the track doesn't have parts to it, I'll just come up with a sound and a, and a, and a vibe that kind of suits it. But Mm. do you, do you have, do you find that a challenge is trying to match sounds or, or if you, are you over top of your gear that, that much now that you can kind of, you kind of know where to go. Yeah, I mean, back when I first, so I've I've gone through a whole bunch of different uh, like amp modelers and profilers. I've gone through like the Axe FX, the Helix, um, you know, a heap of software on the computer. And, um, and what are you using now? So, so since 2019, since pretty much just after we, sorry, just before we met, I've been using a Kemper profiler. Kemper, yep. Yeah, and uh, that to me, I bought on a whim because I just needed something. I got rid of my Helix, which I'd been using on the voice. I was really never never happy with the sounds that I got out of that, and then. Dancing with the Stars came up and I was like, oh, I actually need to get my hands. I wish I didn't sell the Helix, blah, blah, blah. So I need to get my hands on something else. And uh, instead of buying another Helix, I ended up just on a whim just trying the Kemper because I was never really happy with the Helix anyway. So straight out of the box, I was just in love with this thing. And that was before I actually deep dived and and learned how to really tweak it to perfection. And uh, I've just spent so many hours on it now that I kind of know exactly how to get the sound that I need. Plus I've got... So the difference is like an amp modeler versus a, a profiler. Um, like a modeler will go and like try to replicate the sound via EQ of a different amp type, you know. Yep. But a, a profiler like the Kemper is, you can actually go and profile. Like you stick your a chord from your amp into the back of the Kemper and it makes this horrific sound for a couple of minutes and you need earmuffs. It's so deafeningly loud. Um is it cali- like calibrating or something, is it? It's it's basically I, – I actually don't really know or understand the science behind it, but I've, it's been described to me as stealing the sonic DNA of the amp. And I'm sure there is mm. something to do with EQs and impulse responses in there, but it, it physically has a relationship with the amp that it's profiling, and I don't really know how it mm. works. Part of me doesn't want to know because it's so magical, <laughs> but I'm also just curious. And I've, ne- I've never really bothered to learn how it how it works. But, Fair enough. Um, but I have – a list of like 38,000 different amp types, 38,000, mm. which is far too much choice for any guitar player. <laughs> Man, I have, I have like choice paralysis at the best of times. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like give, give me five different amp, amp types and I'll pick from there. But I'm 38, <laughs> you know, 38 grand, uh, 38,000, I should say, is, yeah. uh, is too much. <laughs> yeah. But the point is like to, to try and find a sound that is as identical on the recording as I can get, I just, I'll listen to the song kind of get a vague idea of what type of amp they might be using, uh, like if it sounds like a Marshall or like a Plexi or a, a Vox or something like that or a Fender, um, then I'll go through and in my software on the computer that 
talks to the Kemper, I'll go through and search like offended twin, for example, and 1700 options of offended twin will come up. And so I'll go through and find like one that's been modeled and profiled nicely. And I'll find one that I can work with, but that's kind of like a bare bones sound. And so I just need something that I can work with straight off the bat. And then I'll, I'll build a sound from there off that um, program and automate stuff. And that's one thing I really love about the Kemper is you can like do real life automation. You can set two different sets of parameters for all your sounds and you can blend and and set, um, set like a trigger for them. So like if I know that I want like a high pass sweep, like a a filter sweep up on a court, I can, I can do that. And I can have it sweep back down if like, if the verse of a song has the same groove, the same rhythm, but the, all the high end is all of a sudden rolled off, you can just, you know, with a, a click of a button, just have this thing sweep you down in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and if you're playing to click tracks, which we are, I can just tap tempo that. And so, it, you know, if I am if I step on it in time, it'll just sweep down at the exact time that I program it to. Wow. It's really cool to be able to do that stuff live because that's normally stuff that you have to do in post-production on, you know, in sessions and in mixing and stuff like that. Yep. It's really cool to be able to do that in real life. So I've I've done the deep dive with Kemperman in terms of matching sounds and having to do all that. I've just spent hundreds of, you know, maybe, maybe even thousands at this point of hours, you know, yep. on the Kemper. And so definitely know my way around it now. That's cool, man. And what what about guitars? Are you changing up guitars much? Um, yeah. So okay. So I mean, in general, I only really I have like thirty five guitars myself, but I really day to day I only really use a few of them. Um, but I always use shows like this as an example, sorry, as a uh, opportunity to use pretty much everything that I have. Okay. Um, so if I need like one guitar for one song the whole season, I'll do it. I won't try and make it work on a, st- like, for example, if I need, you know, if I need an SG on one one song, but I could get away with doing it on a Strat, I'll bring the SG just for that one song, you know, um, because what's the Looks point? Looks fucking cool too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Part of that is probably psychological, man. I feel like if you feel like you're doing it authentically, like if we're doing an, an ACDC track or yep. something rock and roll, yep. you know, you, I feel like you're going to play it more authentically if you've got the right instrument in your I hands. That's exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, it's like when playing drums, like, you know, us drummers with our snare drum collections. Yeah, you exactly. Know, <laughs> you're not going to have a little five-inch uh, – Brass snare drum trying to play fucking Bonham. No, exactly. You've got to go, you need the black go, beauty for that. Exactly. Yeah. I've got a black beauty. Yeah, of course. You that's do. what I use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, man, I know my snare and, drum. And you, you feel you, well because you, you actually said in that last, um, the last episode that we did, you're a guitarist in a drummer's body. Do you remember saying that? Probably. I, I, I still feel that way, but yeah, I, yeah. I think I do remember you, saying that's that. That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I've always been obsessed with, with drummers. drums. Yeah. 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 You and your, your, you had your cymbal and your floor, Tom. <laughs> Man, I've told you some embarrassing <laughs> stuff. No, no. Hey, for people, it's all there. Go and listen for yourself. Yeah, Episode go. 48, guys. 48, go. <laughs> yeah. um, what was I going to say? Uh, so, who's, who's, um, who's the band on this, this year's? Australian so model. it's pretty much the same, same as guys. as last year, which um no one probably knows because we didn't do this uh, I last year. I spoke to oh, Adam. No. Yeah. Oh no, actually, yeah. Adam told me after I uh, after I interviewed him because yeah, yeah. it wasn't. I don't think it was knowledge yet. Oh right. He told me not. after that who the band was. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Um. So. Uh, so last year was it's pretty much the same. There's just uh, the keys that have switched out this year. So last year was um. So it was me on guitar, Dorian West on guitar, keys, trumpet, yep. MD, um, all-round genius. Uh, Jason Hira on drums yep. from Melbourne, yep. absolute weapon. Obviously Adam Ventura on bass, 
Uh, last year was Daryl Beaton on keys, but this year it's Bo Golden. Yep. Both absolute weapons as well. And then that's the rhythm section. Then on BVs we have Carmen Smith, Haley Teal, and Carlos Velasquez. Yep. Carlos C Major. Yep. Um, that's actually it. It's actually like it's a good size band. We make a big sound, and obviously we're playing with um, production stems as well, so it sounds big and cinematic and stuff like that. But for the most part, we're not doubling up on any parts. That's all just like effects and stuff like that. So yep. for the band itself, like we make a pretty big sound, I think, which is it's a, it's a real honour to play with these guys because they're just all such masters of what they do. Yep. Um, um, I, I know that you're also a big fan of the original Australian Idol band. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the reasons I... Not the reason I started this podcast, but when I decided to do this podcast, the f- you know the first bunch of names I wrote down was that all of them in that band. Oh right, yeah. right. The, so the John Foreman All Star Band. That's right. Yeah. So, and out of them, so I've interviewed Gordo, Sick. Mark Costa, mm-hmm. Tony as a party. Mm-hmm. I haven't interviewed Chris Camzellas one on one, but he was part of a guitar. Oh yeah, guitar I did. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, with did. um. Oh. Was with um, who else was on there? Uh, ben Rogers, Mark, Mark, right. Mark Maloof. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guitarist round table was that. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, and yeah, uh, Matt that. Wakeling from the yeah, the that's right. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, sick. Um, and Pete Northcote. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, absolute legend. Uh, who else out of that band? Uh, Rex. No, I haven't interviewed Rex. Yeah. I only just recently met Rex. Oh, really? He's a lovely on dude. Boxing Day. Oh no way! First so time I ever met him. Yeah, yeah. Where did you Where did you meet him? On oh, I was at a party. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, who else out of that band? But anyway, so, yeah, like you, I, I would watch Idol to watch the band. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think we all did, like, in the in the scene. Like, that was such yeah. a um, such an exciting, like, sort of time because that was the first time there was any show like that and it was a big deal and, you know, yep. that was, like, the premiere, like, gig. Like, those guys were, like, superstars. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. And when I first heard um, that Australian Idol was coming back, my first thought was, oh, are they going to bring those guys back? If they don't, who's the band going to be? And then when I heard who the band was, I went, well, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Oh, that's you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But it's I mean, 18, man. So, yeah, no, well done. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much, man. Mm. Well, it's, it's such an honor for me because, yeah, like we were just saying, like I was you know, a young kid growing up watching those guys, and, and that was, I never wanted to be like Slash or, you know, you know. Jimmy Page or any of those rock stars doing the thing. I wanted to be like the session guy doing the TV thing. And yep. it's actually funny because uh, Simon Hosford, if you're familiar with Melbourne guy, he ended up doing a few seasons of Idol back in the day as well on guitar when it was he and John Bettison. They took over for Rex and Chris um, for the last few seasons. Yep. But I remember sending um, – I actually just looked it up the other day in my Facebook messages and um, I sent a message when I was like still in high school to Simon just saying, hey, Simon – you know, great to connect with you, blah, blah, blah. Just wanted to say that what you're doing is exactly what I want to do. Like I, I really want to work on TV and I really want to, you know, <laughs> this Idol's like a dream gig for me. And so to see that from high school and then to like have it come around my way this time, I'm very grateful and I'm very fortunate because there's a lot of, you know, great players out there and I'm really thankful that it's come my way because it feels full circle for me for, for sure. So so how long will that keep you busy? How, how long are you basically employed for now? Pretty much Till the end of March, so of pretty March. much two straight months. Yep, and um, and no real days off. There's yep. like one day off a week, 
and it is spent learning songs for the the next day, basically. Gotcha. Um, Because the way the the show works, it's like we film uh, the the performances on Saturday and then it's filmed as live. Like there's the audience, there's ad breaks, there's everything. Nothing's edited. It's it's more just in case – it's more just to give people more time to get the sets changed and stuff like that. But everything is like as live, nothing changes. And then it airs exactly as that on the Sunday night. Yep. And the Sunday's our day off. And yep. we spent, when we spend Sunday learning all the songs for the next episode, which we rehearse on Tuesdays, because on the Monday is the results show for the previous episode. Right. So I've worked that play- very are badly. Are you playing on the. Do you play it all in the results show? Yeah, that's all live to air. So that's, that's all live all, to air. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was yeah, going to yeah. ask. Yeah, okay. So um, even though, like, it theoretically shouldn't make much difference because nothing gets edited from the Saturday show, like, there is some yeah. comfort in it somehow. Like, you've still got 2,500 people in the audience. The cameras are still red. Like, it's as if it's live. It, for all we all know, it, it could be live to air that night, but – Something about the results show on the Monday where it's it's out there in real time. It's just like that's a different it's a feeling different for somebody. Yeah yeah, 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 because yeah, obviously you don't want people walking out of there knowing the results. Mm. So yeah, just that little bit of a and that's exactly extra pressure from everyone. I think. Yeah, and I think that's exactly why the results is live is because so so nothing can get leaked or nothing. Can, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's I think you can bet on the show. I think it's like I think it's something you could bet on at TAB, and I think legally, really. I think legally, wow. <laughs> don't quote me on it, but I think legally you can't have something that you can bet on be edited. Like it can't be, it has to be live in real time so that yeah. the results can't be altered. Yeah, of course, yeah. Or you can't, yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that that's a factor. I could be talking absolute rubbish, but I've just heard <laughs> that. I've heard that thrown around a few times, and I think that it could be something to that. Is there anything in your contracts like you're not allowed to bet on the results? <laughs> Not that I've seen, actually. Not that you've seen. Might be in the fine, fine print. print. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> when you get home this afternoon. <laughs> no, but I, I better look over and yeah, yeah. send it to my lawyer. That's so funny. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as as we were coming in here, um, yeah, you, you, you know, you've got red eyes. You've been staring <laughs> at a screen all night. I right? promise we you talk- I'm not high. No, no, no. And we were talking about glasses and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, yeah, like you said, you're you're in the process of preparing sounds and and that kind of stuff mm. but you also spoke about some other projects that you're trying to finish off before yeah before just, you you know put your head into idle so yeah tell us about some of that and ha- how much of that stuff are you doing obviously you not you won't be doing it from the end yeah. of march but how much of your of your time outside of idle is is spent on that it's becoming more and more like as time goes on and that kind of goes back to me sort of doing less of the the gig thing and do it, focusing more on studio stuff and yep. this and that. But um, right now, like, it's more just I've got a bunch of tracks that we're sending out to, like, kind of people to, to top line and and or releasing things. Oh, sorry, I'm putting things out for sync. And I've got, like, a couple of producers in L.A. that, like, I'm working on and a couple in um, Orlando as well that I'm kind of writing, a, like, a loop pack for each of them. That's cool. So I'm, like, spending heaps of time getting all these loops together and this is stuff that I've been like trying to get done by the, you know, before the end of last year and then I keep getting busy with other stuff and yep. it keeps getting put on the back burner. I'm like, oh, if I don't do it now, I'm going to I'm gonna be out of action until, you know, or, uh, April really. And um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to finish up all these, um, yeah, all these like kind of outstanding things that I've got 
just looming in in the back burner there that I kind of just don't want to have people hitting me up going, "Hey man, where's that where's that thing that we were talking about?" Yep. When I'm right in the middle of learning all these tracks or you know about to perform the show or whatever. Um so yeah, I'm just trying to knock as many things off my list as I I can. But um yeah, that's cool. Yeah. The production you do for the Masked Singer. Yeah. So that's a little bit different, isn't it? That's all pre pre-made stuff, right? Pre-made in the sense of they're all cut, yeah, like yeah, you, like you've so okay. Well, maybe maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. You, can you explain to me the the process of of your job? Yeah, um, with the mask singer. And, yeah, and the process of that music and it's it's kind of it's an odd one because I mean at the core of it, it's just like guitar sessions, really. Um, it's all done remotely though, and yep. so we have people from like all over the world doing this. Like Jason Hero was another one. He was tracking all of his drums from Mauritius and we had Colin Snape and you know, he was in New York. He's a Melbourne guy, and, but he's, you know, was in New York like programming sounds and um, and then there's me here and then Rex, the, the bass player, he's in Queensland and like so we all work. So basically a day in the life of, on that gig is I wake up every day, check this Google document that we all work off. It's yep. just a big spreadsheet basically. Check the track listings that day and there's a column next to it that has like the the templates with the guide tracks in there, and uh, so every day I'll check which uh, tracks have guy uh, have templates added to the to the column next to them, and so if there's new ones that I haven't already done, I'll I'll go through load those files into Logic, and then I'll basically yeah again sound design all the all the tones and program stuff, and basically send fully like mixed guitar stems back. Uh, well, actually, I just upload them to a Dropbox link and then put yep. that Dropbox link back in the spreadsheet. The Google Doc. Yep. Yeah, yep. We, uh, we really don't talk to anybody. Like, mm. it's it's a very disconnected gig in that way. Like, yeah. everyone's working very efficiently, very hard, but we don't really see or talk or have anything to do with each other, really. That's another Dorian gig, but... um. He'll he'll check in every now and then, and if there's something specific he wants on the tracks, like again, most of the time these songs don't even have guitar on them in the first place, and in those instances, they kind of want to add stuff. So, you, and I don't always know what they're gonna want, so I'll put down twenty different ideas or whatever on a track that doesn't have any guitar on it in the first place. And if I'm right. lucky, one of them might make the mix. You know, okay. um, there's been plenty of times where I've put down like what I thought was killer parts, and then it just Shit. hasn't suited the song or whatever. <laughs> um, but that's just me getting carried away, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, I, I spend so much time, like, for every song that I have to learn, it's probably, like, it's probably, like, 70% of the time learning the song and then 30% jamming on the song. But on the tracks where there's no guitar, I spend, like, 70% of the song jamming on it and then 30% actually putting down parts um, just to kind of see what suits it and and what's going to work with it. And like I said, sometimes it makes the cut and sometimes it doesn't. But, um so, yeah, really, I just check the doc, see what new tracks are up with templates. There's a guide track with, you know, MIDI and or, or just guide guitars that either Rex or sometimes even myself have done for the sake of the template. Yep. Um, and either redo the guitars if I did the template or redo Rex's guitars and upload them all to Dropbox. Then they just get pulled into a mix session in Melbourne and they – it's one of those things where, like, there's a mixing schedule and it's like if because we're not talking to each other, if your tracks, if your parts are up in the document by the time they pull it up to mix the session, like that's a big problem because they're, they're there yeah. and 
And, like, if they've got drums and keys and bass and horns and blah, 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 and then the guitar's missing, they can't really fully mix the song yet. And so you've got to really be on top of your Yeah, that's on some top pressure there, isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, sometimes the schedule switches around. Like, I've spent all day, like, tracking a song that, you know, was meant to be for the next morning and then something's changed in the competition or whatever and that track's not in anymore mm. and then I've got to redo another thing and now it's all, like, now it's 9 o'clock at night or whatever and it's a different song that's due in the morning now and... You know, so it's just you've got to be constantly checking this document and it just, yeah, it, it pretty much changes constantly and you just got to keep on top of it because otherwise you'll miss something and it will it'll all turn to crap pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you use Logic. I do um, use Logic. Yeah, I use Logic. Good um, man. Do most of the most of the uh, the guys in that situation using Logic as well or some guys are Pro Tools guys and Ableton and... Yeah, everyone, everyone's pretty much using different stuff. Different I think stuff, yeah. There's, uh, like, me and – so I split the gig with Emilio Kormanich, who's a Melbourne guitar player as well because the workload's just too big for one one person. There's pretty much doubles of every instrument um, who kind of help share the load because it's just with the deadlines and how rapidly things change and meanwhile trying to still, like, do gigs and stuff here and, you know, it's just too much to, to handle for one person. So, for example, Emilio and I were both Logic users, but Dorian and Rex, they're both – not Studio One. There's like a Cubase has a different door. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, um, um, oh it's evading me. Cubase, it's like owned by Cubase, but damn it, I can't remember what. Anyway, they use that door, whatever that is. Um, I'm pretty sure Colin uses Pro Tools. Um, pretty sure Jason here is a Pro Tools guy as well. Personas. Uh, is it Personas? They, they're Studio One? That's Studio One, but Q, like, oh, Cubase, Cubase has else. a different door that they own as well. Oh, not, not, okay. No, that's okay. not um, Cubase. Okay. Ah, oh, damn it, I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't Anyway, so we're wasting too much time on this. <laughs> that's all right. Um, but, yeah, so point of the story is everyone uses a different software. The templates are, you know, transferable across all of them. So they're, they're sort of uh, – it doesn't really matter which door you use as long as it works for you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah it, it comes with all the tempo information and the, the – you know, the structure of the song and everything. It's all laid out very clearly and it's pretty hard to, to mess it up, you know. Yeah. They've given you plenty to work with. Yep. Um, in that latest update of Logic, there's that there's that uh, the mastering assistant in the mix yeah. bus now. Yeah, and I really regret buying Ozone, you know, the oh, really? Isotope the Isotope mastering software. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, was gonna, I, use, I use the, the – um, uh, Noise reduction for isotope, right? Oh, right, right. yeah. So, but is that the RX series? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's great, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. a super plug in that. Like, yeah. It's you know with that plus I use a um, uh, SSL bus, channel strip, b- bus compressor. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's the only compressor I use. This this is all for this podcast. Is it the? Way. Oh, right, cool. Is it the G? Um, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, the, the G bus. Yeah, G bus. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so for the first time in the last episode that I released, mm-hmm. um, I used that mastering assistant. Oh, yeah. How was that? Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Fantastic. God you swore. I was like trying to hold back on no, swearing. No, you can swear as much oh, as you like. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I haven't all of a sudden become nice. <laughs> no, I was just like holding back because I was like, oh, Don't I don't hold know. back. Okay, yeah, yeah cool. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm a potty mouth. Fuck. But <laughs> fuck, man. Yeah. Um, but now that you've said it, you've given me free reign. <laughs> Won't be able to stop me now. But, yeah, no, it's, it's great. I have used it. Um, and it's about time that there was something like that. Um, like I was saying, I, 
I have Ozone, which is isotope software, right. um, which is all mastering stuff. Yeah. And in my opinion, a pigeon? Wow. In my opinion, <laughs> um, the logic one doesn't quite hit the mark with, but it's it's so much better than nothing or so much better than just, you know, having to go through and make a master chain yourself. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really stoked that they did that. Mm. And it's good for, like, it's good for anybody who owns logic because if you if you're just making demos even, like, and you don't want to spend all this money on software, you've got something in-house now that yep. can make your track a bit louder, a bit more polished, even if it's just a demo, you know? Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. Because I'd never used mastering. It was, it's always that, that mix bus. Yeah. And then just the limiter on the mix bus. Yeah. And then, I, you know, all the other tracks would sort of mix and yeah. try and hit a mark, you know. But I just thought, okay, well, I've done that, so I'm going to hit that. Assistant and see what happens. Oh, I was blown away. Did it? Did it? Um, did it analyze the track for you, or did, did you just yeah. use it? No, you I, use your preset. Oh, it's got the well because I because I run Logic in Rosetta because oh, right. I haven't tried to switch it back because it was it was um one of the the iOS updates wouldn't let me run. Maybe it was some of the Isotope stuff. Or yeah, this or would have been a while it? back though. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And so. To be able to run those, to run I think there was some wave stuff as well. I had to switch it to Rosetta. Oh, I refused to do that. Hey, <laughs> but, but am I able to switch it? Yeah, back yeah. Now? It's, so it's been like that for a, for a couple of years. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that. You know, in twenty twenty, maybe or twenty early twenty twenty one. Yeah, I can't remember what the iOS was, but, it, was. It Yosemite or something like that. Something, One of those things. Yep, something like stuffed that. everything. There was a real like slow. Um, you know. What's the word I'm looking for? It, like a lot of uh, plug-in companies had a really slow time. Catching up. Yeah, like, catching up to it. Right. And I think it's just the Apple moves just so quick now. With, That's right. And they just can't keep – they've got to rewrite all the software every single time and make it compatible. And I just think mm. it, it was – like up until even just six months ago, some of my plugins still didn't work okay. that I was using – that I was using, sorry. Um, but now everything is up to date. Oh, good. Until, you know, the next yeah. software update. So what I was going to say there is because I'm running – because I'm running it in Rosetta, the only option I've got in that mastering assistant is mm. clean. Oh, right. That's all I can operate. And then if I try and switch between the other oh, presets, it doesn't, doesn't let me. Oh, man. But, I mean, I think the pre- the other presets was, I think one of them's Crunch, another one was Tube or something like that. Mm. But I, I don't want an audio vocal podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound like it's running through a tube. Man. No, you know no, what I mean? of course. You want it to well, sound natural. And natural and clean. And yeah, clean. yeah. Well, I think it's definitely time that you could – I'll be switching. Off, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. When you go into like the logic set, like the get info or whatever, where you have to s- switch Rosetta on, do yeah. you have to switch that on every time or can you leave it No, checked? no, it's left on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it'll, you know, every time I go and open logic, it'll say opening in Rosetta. Or yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got to come out of my cave now, eh? Yeah, look at all the, you know, you'll have so <laughs> many more options you won't know what to do with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, there was one performance uh that i saw and it was the it was the rita aura performance mm-hmm. that you did for the allen show oh yeah at the state theater there. state theater right yeah, so can you tell me about that day and that that performance and um obviously what that wasn't recorded live that wasn't was sort of a pre-recorded that, that was Alan, pre-recorded Alan yeah. sort of well it was for for, it was her. for, for her show i understand yeah, yeah but it was not I mean, because Rita Ora was out here at the time, so she was doing the voice out here. And um, 
And yeah, so we recorded this, and then I think the next day or, or two days later, it was a pretty quick turnaround. Still, right, it went on the show, yep. um, and that was that was an amazing that was an amazing day because there was so much, you know, production value in there. The, the mm. crew was massive. We actually doubled up, and we did that. Um, we did that performance in the foyer of the state theater, yep. and then after we with the, the staircase with the staircase, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after that, we all moved into the actual theatre on the stage but filmed back with the the, the seating in the background. Oh, cool. And so we did a heap of, like, MTV, uh, Amazon performances there as well. So we kind of just made a, a day of it, like the whole the whole team made a day of it and filmed all these different performances. Why not, eh? Yeah. Wow. I think it just they were already in, the like, one of the most stunning venues we have and they had to do these performances one way or the other. And, uh, yeah, so... So I had a couple of cool moments that whole day with her. We, we probably did like 15 or, or 16 songs all up with her across the whole day. But, yeah, that Ellen performance was – I never thought I'd do anything on Ellen, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I think because of – that was early 2021, so we were still like in the midst of sort of COVID. We were sort of between lockdowns at that point. Yep. And so I think most of the Ellen performances that were happening around the time were all pre-recorded. I don't think there was anything live in studio yep. because of, you know, safety – reasons or whatever i'm not sure what the situation was in america at the time but yeah so um yeah we pretty much ran the song probably four or five times and and got a a take that everyone was happy with and yeah and watching it back it translated so well that's amazing like it was just stunning like down to the finest details it was it was really really cool to be a part of that and then to go in and spend the rest of the day kind of the whole band as well like string section and everything we were um yeah we were all there all day and but i had a couple of cool like acoustic moments just with her um we did a couple of tracks just the two of us as well so the rest of the band would leave and and there's some of my performance uh, my favorite performances that i've got with her mm. um so yeah that was that was really cool to be a part of that i'm, I'm very grateful to um joel farland um for booking me on for that so so that was very cool excellent yeah the other thing notable thing that i've you know caught my attention was the the uh, you know, guitar stuff that you've done with Amy Shark and Sam Fisher. Oh yeah, that's that's great stuff, man. So oh, thanks, yeah, tell bro. me about tell me about that gig. So that all that that sort of all happened during Idol last year. Okay. Um, so I got a I got a call from Lisa Wilkinson, not not the journalist. Yep. Um, she's a publicist at Sony, uh, absolute legend. And um, she hit me up saying, "Hey, I've got Sam Fisher out from LA. He's an Aussie dude, but." Uh, but I've got him out here doing promo for the month. What's his schedule like? And I said, oh, terrible timing. Like I'm on this show like for two – and I'm a huge Sam Fisher fan. Like long before this gig ever came up, uh, you know, like I listened to him relentlessly throughout lockdown and incredible like songwriter, great artist, huge, huge fan. So I was so stoked that, that she hit me up about this. But I was like, oh, Lisa, it's terrible timing. I'm just like I'm off the grid pretty much with this show. Um, and she's like, no, that's cool. We're like, we're pretty flexible because it's all promo. We can book it around your schedule. Mm. So they pretty much took my idle schedule and they filled in every every spare second that I had away <laughs> from the show with with these Sam Fisher gigs, which was very busy because um, there was not a lot of downtime. But I'm really grateful that they were able to shift it around me because that's very rare. Like most, okay. you know, most times it's a take it or leave it kind of gig. Can you make the date? Yes or no? Find someone else. Yeah, but for some reason there was something flexible about this and, and they were able to, you know, um, t- 
to shift around at the idle schedule, which I'm really grateful for. And the Amy Shark factor was that they'd happened to just they're about to release a song together and Amy's a, a judge on the show, you know. And uh, so, you know, we did we did some performances of that song that they released together on Idol and, like, I was booked on for that independent to Idol despite the fact that I was in the band. So, like, the rest of the band would go off on the break. Everyone would think that I was going to be there as well and then I'm like, oh, I actually could just stay back gig. and do the, yeah, I've got another gig here. Yeah. And, like, it came through Sony. It wasn't even through Idol, you know. It's just so funny. Um but I'm a huge Amy Shark fan as well. She's such a legend and, and she's great on the show too. And they work really well together. And so to to have the opportunity in amongst everything else that was going on to like play with the both of them and, and these songs that are just such beautifully written songs, um, really musical. Both of them are such artists. And, um, yeah, so I'm really, yeah, I'm really grateful that I was able to do that with them and have it be a positive experience. And they're both super humble, super down to earth and, yeah, just the real deal when it comes to artistry, you know. So how do you come up with your guitar parts with Amy? Do you sit together and she goes, well, I'm going to play this. Does she play that every time or does she tend to move around a little bit? So, like, I mean, that that song called High On You, um, it's such a beautiful song. Uh, it's all very guitar, finger-picky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you heard the song? Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. watching the video. Oh, the video, yeah, yeah, of course. You just said that. Um, it's, it's quite, like, finger-picky, but – and. You know, Amy sort of accompanies herself on the guitar, but it's not it, – well, he's the first to say that she's not all that, like, technical yep. with it. And um, so there's a lot of intricate parts to it. And she was kind of – I was always going into it with the idea of, like, like you just said, like, how do you want to approach this? Like, what are you going to play? What can I play? Um, but the way that she sort of responded to that was more just like, uh, you just do what you want to do and I'll, like – Fiddle around you. Let me, yeah, let yeah, me yeah. Okay. Yeah, you. so you, you hold it down and I'll just like put sprinkles on there because okay. she had to sing as well. And, yeah. and so she was very easy to work with in that sense, kind of let me just do my thing. And we had a few really nice moments together where what she was doing really complimented what I was doing and vice versa. And, yeah, she was just – both of them were really, really easy to work with, really like not divas at all, you know, just really down to earth and very easy to collaborate with. And, yeah, it was really, really – Good experience. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I didn't see much of Idol last year, but um, is there opportunities to do that during that show that um, Harry Connick Jr. and, and Amy and and um, Megan Trainer and mm-hmm. obviously Kyle's not going to get up. I sing anything. Well, Actually, he did. He did. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. We we had this. That's, okay. that's so funny that you just said that because we had this moment. Like, so Dorian came to us one morning. Like, we're rocking up at eight o'clock or whatever, and he's like, "Guys, can you just learn five hundred miles by the Proclaimers?" And we're like, "Yes, but why?" And he goes, "Because they're going to try and get Kyle to do a little thing." Awesome. And I can actually probably send you the video of this afterwards okay. if you wanted yeah, to check yeah. it out. Great. Because he actually smashed it. Yeah. Um, so the, I, he, was, he was giving someone some criticism or some constructive criticism. And uh, I think I think the producers via like Ricky Lee or Scott Tweedy, I can't remember how it came about, but I think it came through the, the, the hosts. I can't remember exactly, but it was like, oh, well, why don't you show them how it's done, Kyle? And then we, we'd start playing this the intro of 500 Miles, and he'd hear it and he'd go, oh, what are you? Because we knew that that was a song that he'd performed before, like at a party or something like that. We knew that he knew it. Cool. And uh, 
Man, he did not shy away from it. He like fully got up, like started performing around the room. This is on camera. Like this is unrehearsed. He had no idea we were going to do this. And we were just kind of testing the water, seeing if he was going to bite, you know, and he did. And he absolutely smashed it. It was so funny. Um, but as far as what was the actual question you were yeah, asking? I was going to ask because, you know, on, on The Voice, um, there was one performance in particular that is one of my favourite all-time voice performances mm-hmm. and it was Kelly Rowland and um, Boy George. Oh, yeah. Did a song together, and the band came, the band went in the pit. They sort of came up onto the stage, okay. you know, set up yeah, behind, yeah. and that kind of thing. So you know, I, I I quite enjoy those when when the judges get up and mm. do their performances. So I think I think my question was, is there much of that on Idol as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at one point all of them performed something. Like yeah. Kyle wasn't like a a full performer; it was yeah. sort of from the the platform where the judges sit. But like Amy. Did the song with Sam Fisher with yep. me and, and Jason here who played drums as well for that. Yep. Um, so she sort of performed there. We did a song with Harry Connick Jr., um, Come By Me, which is his big famous song. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of them, but that yep. was that was one of the, the biggest hits he ever had. Um, so he did a, a mad, like, New Orleans style. He got on the piano and, like, man, he is... He's amazing. He is... Yep. The ultimate artist, I think he's just and nicest guy in show business for yep. sure. He is so humble and so generous, and I couldn't talk more highly of him to be honest. Um, and then Megan Trainer performed. Her, she had a song called "Mother" come out in the middle of it, and because uh, she was like eight months pregnant, eight okay. nine, like she was real near the end. She okay, was right. about to pop. Yeah, Good timing, <laughs> great timing. Yeah, in that sense, um, yeah, she. But she was. I think she was kind of a bit. Like, I think she was a bit uncomfortable, maybe because she was she was very pregnant. Okay. Um, but she performed her song and absolutely smashed it. And so, yeah, at, and we were meant to do a bunch of acoustic stuff, Megan and I, as well, throughout that uh, period as well. But it just it, the timings of things didn't work out because her uh, show schedule is different to my show schedule. Yeah, they gotcha. only have to rock up on the show days, really, gotcha. where we're there all week and. Yep. Um, so unfortunately that didn't, that didn't come to fruition, but, um, uh, yeah. So at some point all of the judges performed, but I think my personal favorite for out of those four was Harry Connick Jr. Um, because we got, A, we got to play with him. Um, and B, he was just like, we had a full horn section. Like it was a big band arrangement. It was just, it was just a vibe. He did a huge piano intro, like big salt, like New Orleans style solo, like, like he's a real master of that style and that style is a kind of a, a dying style in the sense that there's no one teaching that style anymore. Like that was all passed on, you know, and now yep. that's just not happening anymore. So that's going to, you know, dwindle out soon, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know if dwindle's the right word for that, but. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's a bad <laughs> yeah. I just second-guessed myself and I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, and he's, like, like I said, I couldn't talk more highly of him. I happened to... Um, just be like backing up my Kemper before the first show day and it just happened to be like the rest of the band had gone off to catering and I just happened to be backing up my Kemper as the judges were walking out to see the stage for the first time ahead of the, the first show. Mm. And, um, you know, Kyle's up checking out his seat and blah, blah, blah. And I just feel, uh, sorry, not not feel, I just hear this, hey, bro, and um, feel this tap on the shoulder and I turn around and it's Harry Connick Jr. 
And this guy doesn't know me at all. This is the first time I met him. But he was just like, he's like, man, what's the setup you got here? And like cool. just asking me questions, just saying hey. And he was just super lovely. And because we had that. Right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, he was just a muso. Like he was just a guy. Anyway, because we had that rapport, like the judges would walk out on the first episode, like the screens would part, they'd walk down, everyone's applauding. And because we had this rapport now, he'd come and like fist bump me as he, as he walked down, you know, yeah, awesome. on camera and everything. It was just cool, man. He's just like, he's a dude. He's, I, I yeah. used to. You know, obviously watch Hey Hey It's Saturday ah, back yeah. in the day. Um, Didn't we all? And I used to love it when Harry Connick Jr. was in town and he would play on that show. Oh, yeah, sick. yeah. He probably did come by me at one point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, wild. That's cool, man. Now, um, another show that you did in this sort of five-year break since, yeah. since, <laughs> since, since we last caught up was, um, was Name That Tune. Yeah. And I remember talking to Daryl about this um, when I interviewed him and – that was yeah, just sort of pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and we're talking about uh, Randy Jackson and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, what was that experience like? And and also, um, I th- yeah, is that is that show still happening? Yeah, that but, show's but, been ha- but back in the states. Yeah, right? yeah. I think that show hasn't stopped in fifty years. I think it's yeah, been. Okay. I think it was maybe another reboot season, but it's been going. It's one of the earliest game shows that okay. America's ever had. I think it's been going since literally like TV existed. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not sure what Daryl already told you with it, but the whole, well, he, he told me Randy Jackson didn't play. He, well, we, he didn't, we had like our own sort of yeah. bass player in the band. Yeah. He, he kind of like play the theme song every now and then he yeah. had a bass there, but, yeah. um, he was, he was sort of more of, you know, a, a he's co-host. He's the co-host front yeah, yeah, type yeah. sort of, yeah. Yeah. And, and originally I think he was sort of viewed as like, Sort of a bit of a band leader, but he didn't really. No, no, yeah, that's... yeah. He was more in a in a co-host capacity. Gotcha. We had that was another Dorian gig. Okay. So Dorian's obviously the music director of the show, and he booked the band. We had our own bass player. He had a bass there, and but Randy was kind of co-hosting from. The and Metri was the bass player. And Metri, yeah, yeah. yeah. Metri is it? Sorry, Metri, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Melbourne, uh, Melbourne bass player. Yep. And um, but yeah, he would sort of co-host the show from the piano. Yep. And uh, so yeah, it was sort of more in that capacity. But it was very cool to, like, work with him and, and mm. sort of be around him. You know, Randy, uh, you know, Randy Jackson's a, an icon and a legend. Sure is, yeah. He used to, you know, MD Mariah Carey back in the day. Well, per- I saw him play with Mariah Carey. Oh, no way. Yeah. But that would have been, like, that was 90s? Early 2000s? Late, late 90s. Yeah. Mid, late 90s. Dude. Um, oh, yeah, he, he was awesome. And, you know, obviously this was before he, you know, lost all his weight too because, mm-hmm. you know, he looks looks really good now. But... He was just this big menacing yeah. figure on on stage, just commanding that band. You know, big yeah. six string bass, Man. just uh, unbelievable, just absolute fantastic. weapon. I remember yep. watching like instructional videos on YouTube back in the day of right. Randy, just on, on oh, right, gro- okay, on just on groove. You know, like, yep. and this is when he was in like the prime of his bass playing career. Now he's a bit more of a personality, I think, than a bass player. Although yep. having said that, he was just, at the time of filming that show, he was just about to go on tour with Journey. With Journey, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I th- I'm not sure if he's still playing with Journey now. I, I actually don't know. Yeah. But it was it was pretty weird, especially after, you know, watching him on American Idol and stuff as well. And yeah. he's just a cool dude, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was pretty wild to just be sort of just working alongside him, you know. <laughs> it's just such a bizarre Turn, especially in the middle of COVID, this is like right in the middle of 2020. You know, yep. this is such a weird turn of events. You just never know where life is mm. gonna gonna take you. You know, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about ChatGPT <laughs> yeah. and AI and stuff. <laughs> My saving grace. <laughs> um, 
help. Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> I was about to say bless you, but it was yeah, a cough. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, how sort of prevalent is that now in in music, do you think? I mean, I know you told me that you, you used ChatGPT to help you write your your intro for your website. Yeah, my your, bio. Your little stuff bio. Like that, yeah. Um, I've used it to... I use it to summarise. Someone sends me a bio bef- before mm. I interview them, and it's really long. Long, yeah. Condense um, it down. Condense it down a little bit, and then I can just take some points. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, as you can see on my notes here, I've just I just hand write a few things. Yeah, I don't yeah. write out questions. Or yeah, yeah. Like that. I love just, that. Um, can... Just this little little tags for me because yeah. I do all my thinking before I get here, right? Yeah, to jog your memory. Jog just your memory. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I, <laughs> I've actually tried to. Because I used to, I used to. Or you asked me the other day, do, do you want any? Want me to send you any music? Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. And, yeah, and I told you that I don't put music in the podcast anymore because yeah. I got a lot of, not a lot, but I got some copyright. content restrictions and copyrights, and because the the episodes get automatically uploaded to YouTube, oh just right, just as an audio, yeah, and then YouTube blocks it, and they would get blocked. Um, I got a couple of notices from from Apple Podcasts okay. about some stuff, yeah, yeah. So I just don't, I don't put music in there anymore and I'd just link it in show notes and stuff like that. And I used to I used to spend a lot of time um, trying to write out and doing like a talking intro. Yeah, oh, yeah I do remember that. And I, But I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So I just do a little intro at the start, just introducing a little, little bit of a rundown yeah, yeah. and then we're into it. Yeah, and that you know? keeps and the flow. You, yeah, you just, just listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But um. Yeah, like I said, yeah, for the bios, I'll use ChatGPT. And then, you know, before I sort of decided that I wasn't going to do these big long intros, mm-hmm. I would try and get ChatGPT to to write me out the, the intros. The intros, yeah. And then I read them back and go, man, what a fucking wank. I'm not saying that. That's <laughs> know, not me. Bro, that's. I can't even say that word, you know? <laughs> I know, man. That's exactly how I feel reading back my own ChatGPT. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, uh, in terms of like your question of how like relevant it is in music or whatever, mm. I again I only really use it in the one you know capacity, which is for bios pretty much, okay. um, and that's just because if you have engaged from this conversation, I'm prone to rambling, and that extends it, to no, you're not. That extends to written word as well. So <laughs> I I I can, and often do like just write way too much and obviously okay. for, for the purposes of bios and stuff like that like you said shorter short and sweet is usually the way to go um but so i'll yeah i'll put in a bio that i've already got or that i've written or whatever and i'll just put it into chat gbt say can you write this um can you rewrite this to be 150 words uh with a focus on seo like search engine optimization mm-hmm. for like algorithmic stuff online yep. um and it will well, just, you know, in an instant, just give me a bunch of wanky uh, <laughs> rewrites of, of an of a already pretty wanky bio. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and sometimes I have to, like, click the refresh button to find one that's kind yeah. of not, not too sickening to read. Yeah. And I might have to switch out a few words here and there. But <laughs> for the most part, like, I think it's designed to try and sell yourself. And even if it is a bit cringe to listen back or read back a bio about yourself, it's just like, oh, it's kind of the purpose of it to some degree, you know. Um, but ChatGPT really does, like, frame things in a way that I wouldn't normally think to do it and make it sound a bit more mm. captivating or professional or something like that, you polished. know. Yeah, yeah, a bit more polished. And 
Um, but I know plenty of like music producers in songwriting sessions who, if there's like, they won't use it for the whole um, the whole uh, lyrics. But mm. if they're stuck on a line or they can't rhyme a word with another word, if, if everyone's just blocking or something, they'll just chat GPT like, "What's a r- word that rhymes with this?" or "What's a sentence that rhymes with this?" and they'll use that to just. Maybe not even copy and paste that I, in, but they just mean. jog their memory jog into memory things. memory and send them somewhere else. Yeah, okay. But it's scary, man. I did the, mm. As a test, I went into ChatGPT and said, can you write me a song uh, in the key of F about uh, – I got someone in the room at the time to, like, give me a random thing, I, like, if we're in here, like, about a piano stool falling in love with uh, an air conditioner. <laughs> In the key of F at 150 BPM. And it in, in like a split second, it writes me a song in the key of F with chord changes. Wow. A full song, full lyrics about a piano still falling in love with an air conditioner. And it, it's fucking good. <laughs> like it's a shit subject, but like right. the lyrics that they come up with, it's terrifying. Obviously there's, you know, a song like that isn't going to go anywhere. But it's like it, point, it, though, is it? yeah, it's kind of terrifying that it could come up with something original and – like if you just refresh it again and it rewrites it, it's completely different again and it's still like it's still like pretty impressive mm. in terms of the kind of how poetic it can come across. I don't think it'll ever replace people, you know, in terms of the, the human element to songwriting and stuff like that, but it's bloody terrifying well, how in I guess maybe in some circles it might. It, it, well, yeah, I think in advertising and, and yeah, you know. Probably already has, you know. Probably already has, yeah. Um and because you can do that with music as well, like you can, that just happened to be lyrics in mm. ChatGPT. But there's a, there's an AI software that you know you can write. You can say, "Give me a song, give me a, a trap song in the key of I don't know B flat minor," mm. um, you know, that's three minutes long, and it will generate an entire beat for you. And it's just that's terrifying as well because like the average artist who's trying to make it can just. Instead of paying a thousand, uh, a few thousand dollars to get a producer to make a beat for him or whatever, or buying a beat off like a beat website, yep. like you can just get all this stuff just instantly, mm. and they're not going to know the difference. You know, uh, they won't care that there's no human element to that. Yeah, you know, right. yeah. they're just going to go, "Oh, this beat has a vibe. I can rap over this, or I can I can come up with a hook over this." I think overall, I think producers and writers who like will use AI as like a tool to aid their own productions. I think that'll be where it's at rather than mm. like the ones who don't utilize AI will end up getting left behind, I reckon. Um, are, you, are you aware of it in, in your productions? And Well, I mean. Well, obviously you're aware of it. Though, I'm aware. We're talking about it, but uh, is it something that you're conscious of? Definitely. You're working. Yep. But we were even talking about it before, like yep, like right. the logic mastering software. Like yep, that's yep, yep. that's intelligently yep. analyzing your song and creating a master for you. You don't have to do anything, you know. Yep. All you have to do is just play the song and it analyzes everything. And you can do that with like, you know, all these intelligent EQs and, yep. and it's just I think it's already happened on a smaller scale like that and we've just been using them as tools. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But yep. at the same time, like, if you're not planning on being a mastering engineer, like you will never need to learn how to master a song or yep. anything like that because you can just slap the logic yep. mastering stuff on it, you know. Same with Ozone. It's just like these are all like intelligent things and I think it's only going to get like worse. And there's plugins like um, BeatMonkey, for example. Have you ever checked that out? Not BeatMonkey, no. Oh, literally it's just 
Oh, is it Beat Dragon? Monkey I, sounds good. I think Beat Monkey is the Beat thing. Monkey sounds better. Yeah, than yeah. Beat Dragon. Let's just yeah, no. yeah. Beat, beat Monkey. <laughs> um, but it's just like a literally, you just click it, and it just generates an entire new beat out of scratch, and it, it outputs all the MIDI. You can go and tweak it, swap right. out the samples if you want it. But it's got like it's just endless different algorithms of different beats, and you can just click the button, and it generates a new beat, generates a new beat, generates a new beat. I don't own this plugin or, or use it. I kind of feel like that kind of takes the fun out of it. Yep. Um, but for someone who's not rhythmic or not musical in that way, which sadly a lot of producers aren't musicians really, yep. um, like I, f- I can understand the appeal there. But I'm, yeah, my point being that there's a lot of software that's already using AI to kind of replace human uh, creativity. We probably just weren't aware of the word AI maybe. Yeah. wasn't quite as prevalent in media now and, and that kind of stuff. I, I remember yeah, going back to the mastering thing. Um, I was, I was doing these, um, I was part of this sort of production. Uh, what's it called? Shit. I can't even remember what it was called now. This is six, seven years ago. I was getting right into production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was part of this thing. The name will come to me later, but um, once a month you get sent a track from, from you know whoever supplied mm-hmm. supplied it, uploaded into Logic. All the files were there, and then you you got to mix it. Yourself. Is it mixed with the masters? Is it? That? No, it's not mixed masters. Something it was um the guy that the guy that has Recording Revolution. I can't remember if he's still going. And this other guy. Oh, man. Was it a competition? Like everyone would? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and it was it was voted on by your peers and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But it was just a big community where you'd get sent these tracks. Uh, they're just you know um, basic stems. Sometimes yeah. they weren't. You know, all the gain structures were all off. All off. So yeah. basically, you're given the project, and then you got to such and such a date to to do your mix and then send it through. Right. Yeah. Um. One of these guys started talking about Lander. Have you oh, heard about Lander? Lander, yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, if you want a sort of a quick sort of master, put the track into Lander, you know. But I never, ever liked the result of Lander. I just – everything I ever put in there, maybe it was just the way that I was mixing stuff, it never, never, ever sounded any good. Lander started as a website, right? Or was it was Yeah, it, it was a, a web – it's a web-based, web-based um, yeah. mastering thing. Because n- now they have a plug-in that's similar to like – um, ozone where it's like a okay. it's a mastering plugin that analyzes your track for you but yeah yep. apparently i mean i can't speak to the the website version of it that you're mm. using but um apparently the app sorry not the app the uh, the plugins amazing okay apparently like it's it's getting rave reviews for this intelligent mastering and i i get why people want to do that cuz they want their demos to sound polished and yeah. crisp without having to know how to do that stuff you know it won't replace like a real human master probably with attention to detail but um, how did you find the Lander experience when you would? Um, well, see, I, you know, during that really early time mm. of trying to mix, I kind of didn't have a vision of what the result was going to be. Was going to be, and I would, I had this little AB plugin that I had on my mix bus, and then I would, you know, put bring my, that master in oh, against yeah. mine, and then just compare the two. Compare the two. I wasn't quite aware enough to be able to tell what it had done. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely tell the boost in volume yeah, and dynamics. Yeah. But it would just, you know, I would sort of be focus, focusing on the trying to 
take some mud out of mid-range yeah, and it would yeah. put it back in in the master. And I'm Interesting. Like, do that. Yeah. And it was like, it's, I don't know what it's doing, so I, I don't use it. I don't want to use it. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. scary when you can't see under the hood sometimes. No, that's and right. You, yeah. you can tell that it's like, I think a lot of people confuse loudness with better. Like just because <laughs> just because it's brought the volume up doesn't mean that it's necessarily like a better mix or a master. Yeah. Um, but our ears hear it as louder is better, you know. That's right, yeah. Um, but it's interesting that, I mean, the frequency spectrum I find is confusing a lot of the time because you said you took a lot of the mid-range out and that the mastering thing would put it back in. And mm. I think it just depends on what your ears are used to hearing. Like That's I feel right. like with a lot of modern music we're not used to hearing like a lot of the top end That's of right. stuff. Yep. A lot of music is very like mid-heavy or bottom-heavy even like um, – Whereas back in the day, like you listen to recordings from the 70s and 80s and even 90s, it's still a lot of top end in those. Yep. And it sounds a lot more balanced across the board. But again, like the volume's a lot softer in general than like the masters are a lot softer yep. in volume. And yeah, it's just bizarre how like with the times, like what we are used to hearing in a mix or a master changes. I don't know if I'm – am I making any sense? Yeah, you are to yeah, me. Yeah, totally. okay, okay, that's good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a few might have switched off, but that would have been – they would have switched <laughs> switched off to me. But no, I, this, is, this is fascinating stuff. Um, You know, I listen to probably more Apple Music than Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, And, I, you know, what I like about Spotify – I can – I don't know if this is true or not. Like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, people. But if I open a track in Spotify and then I open a track in – in Apple Music, and I AB those, mm-hmm. I can hear the audible difference in Apple Music. In volume or in? No, just in, qual- in, in quality. And oh, wow. Might be slight. But you can tell. Maybe it's psychological. I don't fucking know, but. It, Probably not. I tend to always go for Apple Music. And now, you know, they've got the, the mixing in Dolby Atmos now. And, yeah. You know, I think what you were saying about, you know, how top end sort of getting mixed out, I think it's coming back now. Coming with back, some yeah. Some of the new sort of stuff and the, and the re- Remastered stuff that's getting remastered in Dolby Atmos is pretty amazing. Here's another Logic hack. Did you know that you can mix in Dolby Atmos in Logic? Like it's already yeah. built into Logic. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. But it's, it's wild. Yeah, no, got to know how to do it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where I, 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 I lose interest. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Not lose interest, but like know my limits. Yeah, you, know? you got to have more than just two speakers sitting in front oh, of you. You know, yeah. I went to Big Sound um, in September last year. You know, the music conference. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was my first time hearing uh, an actual proper mix in a proper studio in Dolby Atmos because they had um, Neumann um, had a little pop-up studio thing yep. going on and a couple of my mates who were uh, engineers there, Stefan and Stu, they were they're like the, the Dolby Atmos like masters of 301 basically. Um, and they were showcasing their mixes of um, Rocket Man by... Elton John, right. but in Dolby Atmos. And it was the first time I'd actually heard a proper Dolby Atmos mix and it was just fucking unbelievable. Yeah. It felt like, I didn't even know how to describe it. It just feels like it's, it's just all around you yeah. and it's just, I've listened to 8D mixes before, like eight dimensional mixes um, before where it, it's probably the same thing, but it just didn't feel the same at all. Yep. Like, you know, I listened to this Pentatonics track one time and it was in 8D and it just sounded like they were just constantly moving throughout my head, like from mm. the back of my head to the front, to the side. And it was kind of, it was a little bit off-putting actually. Like I found it quite distracting to the song, but with 
however they're mixing now in Dolby Atmos, like I just find that it's just so, I don't know, you just hear like every part of the, of the sound has its own space and it's not just a space like from left to right. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's That's just right. all around you and, oh, it's it's pretty magical. I've got the AirPod Pro headphone thing. Yeah, so yeah. It's got that function on there where you can, um, oh, what's it called? Let me look at my phone. I can't remember what it's called. Let me Give me a sec. That's all right. It's called... Um, we need some elevator music right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I haven't got my AirPods here, but it's it's a function where um, when you when you and it's it's with certain songs that when you're wearing these AirPod Pros, you t- you move your head mm-hmm. and the oh, the, it the changes. Music moves. Oh, and and that's where you can. What well, I can sort of, if I was looking straight and mm-hmm. listening. And then I turn my head. Something's a little, you so, know, you can yeah, hear yeah. That, hear something that you can't quite hear when your head's facing the. Yeah, you know, wow. Because all the attention goes to the one ear. Yeah, most of the attention. Heck it's amazing. Dude. Does it make it? I mean, I haven't. I actually don't have AirPods, so okay. I haven't experienced that. But um, is it a case of like once you get used to that, you can't kind of go back to a normal nah. stereo mix? No, no, no. no it's not nah, like that. No, no. Okay, because not every song is or every album that. is mixed like that. That's true. Yeah, it's not like every song will ever always be mixed like that. It's not no. like they're going to go back and remix everything in Dolby Atmos. They'll no. just be... Yeah, that's right. And, um, yeah, sometimes you just don't want it. You, you want yeah, it all yeah. to be down. And you yeah. can just flick a little little toggle and it's it's, it's, it's yeah. left and right again. You know? Yeah, because so. it, it could be like if you're not in the mood for it or if it's just background music, for example, or if it's just you're not in the headspace to be like really concentrating on yeah, the, the exactly. spatial aspect of it. Like Exactly. Yeah, I can imagine that would be quite distracting in the wrong mindset, you know. Yeah. It's pretty impressive though. It is. Um so after Idol, what have you got going on? What's what's you got this year planned out? Uh not a huge amount to be honest. I I've found that to be the case for me pretty much my whole career. I've like I'm pretty consistently busy, but I'm never yeah. really booked up that far in advance. You probably wouldn't want to be, would you? No, I kind of like the I like the idea of not knowing what's just around the corner. And that's not scary anymore. I think you're pretty established now that you'll maybe you'll be right for a while. And I think I said this <laughs> for a while in the in the intro of your last the last episode that we did. One of the things I said in the intro was, you know, after having talked to you, mm. you know. Um, you had you sound like you had it all together, and you'll be working a long time, and I, I still believe that now. So, oh really? Oh, that's very lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, there's definitely people out there that are probably freaking out that they don't have work after three months. But yeah, I think I think you'll be fine. I think it's one of the like after something like this, like it's such a uh, it's such an onslaught of work that afterwards I probably. I'm going to want to chill for a week or two, I reckon, and just, like, recoup some energy. Sure. Um, but, I mean, Mars Singer was announced back, like, late last year is coming back for this year, so that'll probably happen again for me. Again, I won't hear about that again until maybe a month out from okay. starting on it. So, I mean, that that may or may not happen. I'm, Do you hold the book open then for that? I keep it in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, and if there's something that comes up that's like, for example, if there's a big if there's a tour or something comes up um, where I'm going to be out of action for a big chunk of what would be the Masked Singer season, I'd probably try and get an answer out of yeah, someone sooner early. than earlier. Yeah. But, yeah, sorry, earlier than later. Yep. Um, but until then, like I was saying, like I can kind of like only ever really know 
sort of the next well, I was going to say I really only know the next month, but even then, like I'll go into even now, like I'll go into some weeks where I don't really have much going on, and I think I've got a bit of time to chill. And then throughout the course of the week, stuff comes up. It's like, oh, this session's come up. Hey, can you record these for me? Or hey, can you come do this gig tonight? Blah blah. blah. Mm. And like stuff just always seems to come up. Like I've just learned to not not worry so much when the calendar looks kind of quiet because stuff will always come up. Yep. It just always does. And um. I used to freak out about that when I was younger and these days I've sort of just learned, I guess, to trust in the universe a bit more, yeah, like in that sense, like yeah. just trust that it's got your back. And mm. um, But again, I think focusing your attention, um, like for, for me, like not doing as many like club pub gigs to fill in the gaps between bigger jobs, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that has attracted me uh, has made me attract more of the kind of work that I actually do want. Um, I kind of like the idea of just being more in control of things, like rather than being the one being called for gigs, I'd rather be the one calling other people saying, hey, I've got this gig for you. And so I've sort of moved more into this like music kind of direction yep. role more over the last few years. And um, I kind of like being the one in the driver's seat when it comes to that kind of thing. Um and like being able to choose the right people for the right jobs and stuff like that. Um, and I love putting together like the live shows and, and, you know, making arrangements and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, in terms of what's on after that, I'm just going to try and, I don't know, chill for a week and then just get back to business. Um, I'm assuming stuff will come up between now and the end of the show that will probably fill up the next few months after that. Uh, then off to, America in the middle of the year for three weeks, just on like kind of a working sort of holiday. We've, it's mostly a holiday, but we're going to tee up a bunch of meetings and cool sessions and stuff while we're over there. Um, and yeah, so that's a bit of a boring answer. No, um, not yeah, really. not much is in the books is the short version. Yep. yep. Um, but again, stuff always comes up. Ask me again in three months and it'll probably be a different story. Yep. Um, but yeah. So. Good, good stuff, brother. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to doing this in another five years. Dude, we'll see where we'll see where we're both at then as well. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it, bro. It's good hang, man. Can't can believe Yeah, sorry, you uh, got, I know I was just gonna say I can't believe it's like five years to almost I, the I, month. I, I know. You know. I know, it's crazy, man. That's wild. I was just gonna say, yeah, look after yourself, June yeah, Idol and do you do you um just, just on that, do you are you conscious of what you eat, what you drink, vitamins, that kind of stuff to get you through it? Yeah, I like, like this. I smash the vitamins. Yeah, okay. Um, because I find like I want to be healthy, but there's just so much time on the set that you're just snacking all the time on stuff. Yeah, okay. And I'm a bit of a sultana fiend. Like I'll eat like a thousand boxes of sultanas a day, <laughs> just because the only alternative is tiny teddies and lollies and stuff like that. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, so I I'm gonna be more conscious this time round of of making sure I drink enough water and like, cause my, I think last season my coffee to water ratio was yeah, way okay. off. I was yeah. drinking way too much coffee for how little water and yep. dehydration's try- a bitch, man. It is, man. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just going to try and, yeah, try and make healthier choices, but yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully that answers that. <laughs> I think some of my answers have been a bit uh, long winded. Not, not, <laughs> not at all, man. All right, bro. Wish you all the best and um, yeah, we'll catch up soon. You too, brother. Thanks See for you, having man. me. Have a good one, bro. You too. Yo, it's Stevie here. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you dig the Gig Life podcast, please subscribe, share, leave a review. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok. 
You can send me a message if you have an idea for a guest or if you just want to say hello. This podcast is free, costs you nothing. But if you find the value in the Gig Life podcast, you can leave a tip or donation. Um, Links are in the show notes on your app. That's it for me for now. Catch you next time, guys. Cheers.